Welcome to another episode of Look Again Podcast. Today we wanted to explore the idea of nurturing. What does it mean? How it affects us? How we are nurtured? And how we can ultimately, once again, become aware of our actions, change the outcome of how we nurture ourselves and others. Awesome. Yeah. Welcome to another podcast, y'all. Hey, hey. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. So we want to talk about nurturing and kind of like Ottman said, what does it mean to us? I think we've had a couple conversations of how important it was to us to see how people are nurtured by their parents and by their communities and by their surroundings. And so we wanted to explore that a bit. But on top of that, I also just want to say happy birthday to us and the podcast, because when this podcast is going to be released, it'll be officially one year for us. So congratulations to y'all. Boom, boom, boom. Happy birthday. Choo, choo, boom, choo, boom, choo. Boom. Pew, pew, pew. DJ Horn. Where's the, where's the DJ Horn, anybody? I, I tried to. Uh, oh, hold on. Let me break that app out. I don't know what you're talking about, Dave. I got you, Get man. that app out. I want our, our listeners to really listen to what Ali's about to play and see how incredibly similar it was to what Atman already did. Yo, if I was in Police Academy, I think I would be Jones. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> nice. All right. Enough fun. So going back to nurturing. So it's like. You know, when we think about it, we're so impressionable to our environments, whether that be with like parents or teachers or friends or just what's around us. And I was thinking about like the lineage of nurturing. So it's like our parents are nurtured by their parents, their parents are nurtured by their parents. And like sometimes there's some things that linger around that might not serve us, or there's like really good things that linger around that do serve us. And I'm just curious about like the impact and how that affects our lives. So uh, real quick, we can look at, you know, just so we have like a solid basis of what we're talking about, like what is nurturing as defined? So nurturing is defined as to take care of, feed, protect someone or something, especially young children or plants and help them during a development. So like helping guide someone during a development stage. So I think that's kind of like where we're going to base our idea off of nurturing. So, yeah. I feel like every time I think about uh, nature, I, for whatever reason, the whole nature versus nurture thing comes up. And every time I think about, you know what I mean? Like whether the biggest influence is the people that raise you or whether it's the environment you grew up in. And for whatever reason, every time I think about nature versus nurture, I think of Billy Ray Valentine and Lewis Winthrop and the Duke brothers. You know what I mean? How the Duke brothers had their $1 experiment, whether or not they were going to go ahead and, um, ruin one person's life or let them ruin their life and uh, uplift the other one. And, uh, you know, I mean, Trading Place is one of my favorite movies of all time. But for whatever reason, every time I hear about nurture, I think of that. I know with me, one thing that pops in my mind uh, in regards to nature versus nurture is Holistic Life Foundation um, and the support that we give the kids in our neighborhood. Their nature may not be the most ideal for them to succeed. You know, whether it's the violence that they see, open air drug markets, lack of opportunities. But the thing that I've seen with uh, nurturing the kids that we've nurtured through Holistic Life Foundation is we provide everything that David just said as far as the definition, care for, feed, protect, and it's made them thrive. It made them kind of get away from the boxed in, um, you know, one block, one one square block of what their reality is to kind of thinking on a global level. And, you know, I know that if people are nurtured in the proper way, 
that it doesn't matter what their nature is. They will see a bigger picture and try to thrive in life. Yeah, and like what David was saying about like the whole um, nurture going like from one generation to the next. I know there's a lot of poor communities out there, whether they're in the hood, whether they're rural communities, where like there is no chain of that nurture going on. It's just people trying to figure it out. I know we've we've worked with and probably know a lot of people too that that have kids, so someone can love them unconditionally. You know what I mean? Like it, it's that type of thing, and that type of situation never works out. But it's just no one showing them how to take care of whether it's physically, whether it's emotionally, whether it's mentally, whether it's spiritually. No one showed any these people. Yeah, the, the people that we're talking about how to nurture and take care and cultivate all these things in their children. So it's just a constantly broken system from one generation to the next. Where luckily there are people out there, I mean, whether it's the Holistic Life Foundation, whether it's just a good person, whether it's other organizations that are out there just that are trying to like show people that someone does care about them. Because the one thing I know Ottman used to talk about this a lot was like when people have someone to be accountable to, they thrive. You know what I mean? When you have no one to let down, like you can do whatever the fuck you want to do if you have no one to let down because nobody's really going to, nobody's going to be like, hey man, like you shouldn't be doing that shit. But if you have someone to let down, and someone's taking care of you and someone's nurturing you, then you have something to live for. It's like you have something to to care about. You have something to worry about. You have somebody to let down, and it changes the way you, you view your life. Yeah, I think a, a lot of people don't have their Bill Duke in their life where they will let them know, like, you know you didn't fucked up, right? That's right. Yeah. Shout out to Bill Duke. Bill Duke. Also, Another thing that I was thinking about, so like this definition and nurturing relies on others. And, you know, at some point in this conversation, we're going to talk about the nurturing of yourself. So, you know, empowering yourself to figure out what it is you need to be nurtured, holding yourself accountable. And, you know, sometimes that can be hard to hold yourself accountable because like what Atma was saying, we need someone to feel accountable with or for or like, you know, have something to look forward to it's hard to be proud of yourself and it's, and it feels really good to be proud when other people are happy for you. So I think that's another thing that we can discover too, is like, what does it look like to nurture yourself, you know, to maybe break a not so favorable lineage or just condition that has been pushed upon you. So yeah, I'm really excited for this conversation. Yeah. I think it's, it's a really interesting concept because so many people come from different, you know, walks of life and, in their home situation when they were younger is so, so different. I'm sure all of our listeners, you have listeners here who had both parents in the household who may have had both parents in their lives, but they weren't in the household, may have just been raised by one parent, may have not been raised by any parents, may have been adopted, may, you know, have wide variety of different situations and scenarios. And I know for me, it wasn't something that I really like reflected on or looked back until way later on in life and, and seeing how a lot of the way that I was raised or my environment really impacted who I am. And, you know, today it really molded me, you know? So, and it seems like most of us are kind of in agreement with it, but I, I still want to pose the question, you know, not only for us, but all for all of our listeners. You know, do you think that the environment that we grow up in as children informs how we develop as adults? And I'm talking about things like the friends you're around, your parents, your community and all that type of stuff, all that stuff you know, what kind of impact do you think it really has when it comes to you becoming an adult? I mean, to answer your question, Andres, personally, I think that the environment that we do grow up in definitely helps us develop into the adults that we are. 
the development can come at a later point in life. But if you plant that seed at an early age, you know, we always say like, you know, we were our parents, you know, they were like drill sergeants. They were hard, hard asses on uh, me and Ali, but they made sure that the behavior shaping institutions around us were, I guess, the foundation of those was uh, contemplative practices, whether it was going to friend school, Quaker school, nonviolence, you know, celebrating diversity, but, you know, also celebrating, you know, what your heritage is, whether it's the church that we grew up in, the Divine Life Church of Absolute Monism, where came in, crystals in the windows, the quote above the pew where the spiritual leader spoke. It was truth is one, people called by various names, they had incense going, read from a diverse spiritual scriptures. And then the yoga and mindfulness background that we had practicing with meditation with our dad. And as we got older, diving deeper into it with our uncle, you know, I think that has a direct, it left an imprint on our brains in regards to, you know, what type of human beings or adults that we are during this human experience. And, you know, I really do think that that's why we are in the position that we're in right now is because of all of those behavior shaping institutions that was surrounding us when we were youth. And, you know, also our neighborhood too, it was like more like a village uh, where we grew up. We weren't just in our house. We had other family members that weren't our blood in our community and they showed us so much love. So I think that's one of the reasons why we show so much an unconditional love to others. Yeah. I mean, to answer that question, yeah, I do. I do think the environment we grow up in is very important for our development, for learning skills of like how to understand like how we feel and how we process our feelings. And I mean, there's been many moments where I've come across things in my life where I'm just like, no one really taught me that. I have to figure that out on my own. And also there's been moments kind of recently where we see adults act like children and you're just like, fuck, no one's ever like, no one taught these people how to like just be adults. And, you know, I think as we get older, we realize like some people are missing some things. Some people are, they're very well equipped and it's just like, what are we exposed to? What do we learn and how are we developing? And also how do we like see the development happening within ourselves? So I do think it's very important and I do think the your parents and your who you grow up with your environment is the number one thing that actually shows you what nurturing is and how to be nurtured in the way that it shows up because it could go many different ways but I do think that is the most potent fertile ground for how to be nurtured is is like who you grow up with and your parents. Yeah cuz there's definitely um young people that we've worked with that grew up in the same neighborhood that we grew up in, but grew up around different circumstances and different peer groups. I mean, like Otman was saying, we grew up um, in our neighborhood. It was a village. Like there was a lot of love there, but there are some other kids there that grew up there now. And that village feeling isn't there. And there are some kids that they weren't dealt a great hand. You would say, you know what I mean? Like there may have been, if they could have grown up in a different family, they might be fortune 500 CEO they could be the mayor of the city. They could be doing something more positive with their life just because of their charisma, because of their intelligence, because of their people skills, because of their street smarts. But because they weren't, those things weren't nurtured and they didn't have anybody to nurture them as children. And the people that they were hanging around with may have been into negative things that like that was the way that they were pushed like that. They didn't really have a choice. Like that's what they were doing. So I think it does play a huge difference. I mean, I think just the 
the opposition of growing up as children um, in our neighborhood and going to friends, let us see the, di- I, th- I think that was a glaring difference, man. Like it was just like, I, th- I think some of that nurturing is about opportunity and, and finances. You know what I mean? Like you can get them a certain amount of love in your home, but if you don't have the opportunities that other people are given or you don't, your parents don't have the finances to expose you to certain things, then your scope is not going to be as broad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know why spring break is in March, but I always assumed that spring break was in March so that people could go skiing. You know what I mean? Like ski slopes weren't closed in March, so people could go skiing for spring break. But like, who really has the opportunity to go skiing for spring break? Like, I've never been skiing for, I don't think I've ever been skiing for spring break. I would like to, but I mean, I think it's just some of that nurturing also has to do with, I mean, like we live in a capitalist country, you know what I mean? Like a capitalist society. So like, Capital makes a difference and provides you with certain opportunities that other people don't have, where if you have love in your home and you have the opportunity to go do and see and experience different things, like it changes your outlook on life entirely. Yeah, I think, you know, in particular, like when you start to deal with people who come from different cultures than you're here in America and you're experiencing other people's cultures. I know for me, you know, being Puerto Rican and then when I would go to my friend's houses, you know, just first the dynamic of just the food that they had everything was all new to me always so that was something that definitely was like oh wow y'all eat this or or this is how you do things and just the way that they talk to each other it was so i think it played such a huge impact on me because i'm watching television and television is telling me one way to be i have my home life and that family's telling me a way to be you know and coming from a different culture than when i go out into my friends homes then you see how they are and it's like like, this is crazy. It's all these different worlds and dynamics and things that are so, so different. So I think it makes a huge impact because, you know, just touch on some of the things that Ali was saying. Like, I remember being younger and the thing about finances, like it got to a point come holiday times. And this is probably a reason why I'm not a big Christmas person, but I could see that financially we weren't that great well to do. I mean, we weren't horribly off, but I mean, single mother, five kids, like, all right. So I would go to see my other friends and the way that they talk to their parents or asked for stuff. And it just made me feel like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Like, I don't want to ask my mom for anything. Like, I don't want anything anymore. Like, I don't need this. Like, this isn't, this isn't important to me. I don't think I would have had that same way of thinking now in life. If it wasn't for what I experienced as a child, seeing everybody else, the way they acted. I remember one time going to my friend's house when I was little and them cursing at their parents and being like, what the fuck is going on in this household right now? Like, there would never, you would never see that in my home. And and like, never. Like, the concept of a, a young child cursing at an adult and seeing that and being like, what? Like, y'all can do this? This is, holy shit. For me, everything always seems so shocking to me. Like, I can't believe that this is how the world is. So, for me, I think the environment was huge. Especially, you know, when you're coming from a place where I'm sure plenty of listeners out here were. You may have had a parent in the household, but they're so busy working and they're so bu- busy doing everything that all that love was there, like Ali was talking about. Like I have friends who they say their families, you know, and they're Puerto Ricans too. And they're like, oh, we weren't big huggers. Or you didn't hear I love you much in my household. That's opposite of my household. I mean, it was overwhelmingly love, hugs, kisses. I love you. I love you. I love you all the time. But then there wasn't a person there to teach me stuff. Like you were saying, David, you know, like, I still am learning things today where I'm like, wait, someone should have taught me that when I was a little kid, man. Like someone should, I need, I need to learn that a long time ago, but I just kind of didn't have it. So I, I don't know. I think that for me, 
the environment is huge. It made, it's made a huge impact on me. And I, I'm sure it's going to make a huge impact on other people. Yeah. And not to say like we all have free will and we all get to decide so we can be in a not favorable situation, but still rise up to the challenge or otherwise we can be in a very favorable situation and still like nosedive it. So it just depends on like who we are as people and how we move through those situations. So the first people that nurture us are usually our parents in our lives um, or someone close to us. How do you think nurturing from our parents affects us in our lives as we grow up? And you notice any lessons that that they've taught you that are coming up and getting used as you're challenged? Hmm. One thing that comes up for me is my dad used to come home from work in a not fun attitude. He used to be like super salty about like people he worked with. And I don't know if that was like normal. I didn't, you know, I didn't know. Like he'd come home and just bitch about work and just watch his news and kind of like do his thing. My dad's great. But like there was this thing that he would do every day and, and I didn't really notice it. And then, you know, like as I was a working adult, I noticed that some of my people around me would say like, yo, like you just come home and like are not stoked about work. And, you know, and I, I sort of had these like habits like ingrained in me and I realized what I was doing and. It really took a while to realize like, oh shit, I'm my dad. I'm doing my dad's thing. And and it was weird because I remember watching him being like, I don't like that. And now I'm like doing the thing I don't like. And I feel like that was being nurtured by something I didn't like. So that was something that I feel like has challenged me. And so like I'm more, way more mindful of like how I show back up, you know, and like what I bring home with me after work. And I feel like that was a challenge that I had to learn with was to just to like, <laughs> let shit go or like find a mature way to deal with it and not bitch about shit no david i am your father <laughs> word but you know god bless uh J- james l jones but i agree with you david you know th- there are a lot of uh great lessons that uh me and ali's parents taught us but you know the other thing that we learned from them was some of the intergenerational trauma that they have faced in the way that they think, just like when your dad came home and, you know, was not too happy about, you know, the environment that he had to put up with while he was at work and displaying that to you, you kind of learn from that. There are a lot of things that, you know, we learn from our parents that we as adults and being trauma informed and trauma responsive and training and all that type of stuff, understanding that we don't want to take on some of those traits, you know what I mean? Just because, you know, we knew how that kind of made us feel when we were kids. And like, I know I had a serious problem with anger. And if somebody did me wrong, I would let them know about it, be real angry and, you know, uh, have like speak with a lot of force and come with a lot of like serious negative energy. And as I've gotten older, I realized that, you know, you can get your point across without crushing someone, you know what I mean? And, you know, I think that that's, one of the things that, you know, I've learned from, uh, you know, my parents, because like I said, they were drill sergeants. They were taught a certain way. They were alive during a certain era of time. And, you know, that's just the way that sometimes people display the fact that, you know, you kind of let them down by your actions. And, you know, I still have faults, you know, where, you know, I could say that, you know, I'm not 100 percent the best at always lifting people up if I'm let down. But, you know, I know I'm aware of it when I break people down in my disappointment and I try to be more aware and uplifting and even apologize 
afterwards if I do have fault in that way. But I, I know that, you know, I think the beauty of this human experience is being able to see the things that you want to adapt from the way that your parents raised you or your caregivers or whoever, and then also put aside the things that, you know, you know, that wasn't healthy for you. I know one thing uh, when I was talking about our parents, like one thing that sticks to me with this day, I mean, to this day, to this day, about my dad was like, his whole thing with me and I've been growing up was all about mental toughness. No matter what was going on in your life, it was all about mental toughness. Like when we would go work out uh, in the summer, like up at Douglas track, we had to walk up to the track. We do these ridiculous workouts that he would call a Superman workout. And he would make us do them in the heat of the day. So we're talking like Baltimore summer, like 95 degrees, like 99% humidity. And he'd have us running around the track and be like, it's all about mental toughness. So you got to be tougher than the workout. And he'd always say that fatigue will bring out the bitch in anybody. And this is like, we were like eight years old, six and eight years old when he's talking to us like this, like long ass, tough ass workout. But it was like, no matter what was going on, he was always like, no matter what situation you're in, you have to be tougher than that situation. And, it's, and most of the times it's not about being physically tougher. It's about being mentally tougher. And I know to this day, there's been a lot of situations, particularly in the business world, like being an entrepreneur where like, I feel like a lot of people would have folded and we've seen a lot of people fold around us where it's just like, you have to be mentally tougher than the situation that you're in. Cause like, there's been a lot of times where I don't think if we were running HLF, it probably would have folded. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, it was that bad at times, but it was like, no, we are going to make this work and we're going to be tougher than this. I think that's it. Like those days with our dad will always stick out to me. Like he's gotten soft in his old age, but like back then his former players used to call him Smith the grit. Cause he was tough as shit. Like he was tough as nails. And it was just like, he was like, that was what he wanted us to be. He wanted us to be mentally stronger than everything. I think Ottman's point about picking the things that you loved about the way that you were parented, but also picking the things that, that you may have seen other parents do around you. I think we've been blessed to be around a lot of different, really great adults in our life, like growing up that helped raise us. And some of them did some beautiful things for their children. I think like borrowing from those people who may not have been your blood parents, but also help to raise you. I think that's a beautiful thing to be able to do because I can probably name like 50 people that helped raise us. You know what I mean? Like that were adults that were around us that I picked from their parenting styles to help raise my kids. You know what I mean? And like, just there were things that I loved about, about growing up and I, w- I want to be able to impart all those onto my kids. So it's, I think it's just really looking at the things that really work and help support you and help to help you grow nurturing, but also, that balance of, of tough love too. Like I still talk to my kids about mental toughness. They laugh at the stories about their grandfather. Cause they don't, they have never seen him that way. Like I said, he's like, he's like old and soft at this point. So they're like, nah. And then, but he'll tell them he was like, there, I mean, there was one day I remember where I had hurt my leg and I was still trying to work out. And my dad was like, you gotta be tougher than it. And he literally jogged circles around me for an entire mile to show me that if he was that old, I should be able to run faster than him. But I was like, my leg hurts. He was like, well, it doesn't matter that, you got to be tougher than that. And he still laughs and tells that story to this day about how he literally jogged circles around me for an entire mile to show me that I should be tougher than the workout. I was there. That truly happened. Man, I mean, sometimes you got to read into your own body and be like, yo, nope, not today. Yeah, I mean, you didn't meet that Smitty. So that wasn't really an option at that point, man. Yeah. I know the current Smitty, the softer one. <laughs> yes, you do. So in regards to nurturing, what kind of role does nurturing have in our development? And do you think it is important to be in a well-nurtured environment for emotional and physical? 
Yeah. So I think there's a little bit of both things happening of like astrological sign alignment when you're born, you know, character traits development. And then there's also the environment you're in. So I think there's a little bit of both things going on of like who you are, who you're becoming, who you're around, what's nurturing you. And also, Ali, you were talking about like a physical nurturement, but like at the same time, it was also like a mental nurturement. So I think there's this sense of we are emotionally nurtured as well as physically nurtured. So not only is our like body developed and how we interact with people, but it's like how we process emotions, how we discover feelings and how we talk to other people and understanding that they have feelings and, and the way we talk to them. So I think it's like super important to emotionally establish some development that will nurture your children or young kids around you. So you guys have a program where you teach young kids meditation and mindfulness practices, and that's like super nurturing. And that's teaching them how to nurture themselves, and it's teaching them how to nurture their parents. And, you know, we've heard a lot of good stories of how they've like gone back home and says, Mom, sit down with me and meditate. Ah, and it's like, well, this, this stuff actually works and feels good. So I think it's very important. And I think it's also very important to do it while you're young and while you're developing because then you can have that neuroplasticity at a young age and develop good habits. And I think developing good habits at a young age is very important. So, yes. Yeah, I think it's essential, right? I think it's nurturing is essential development. I am going to throw it out there because the second part of the question about do you think it's important to be in a well-nurtured environment for emotional and physical growth? And I do. I do think it's important. But I also think that when you're in an environment where you're not nurtured, you got to kind of do stuff on your own, that there's still space for emotional and physical growth there as well. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, I don't think it necessarily, it, it'd be better if it was, you know, real nurturing all the time and someone was taking care of you all the time and you feel the love all the time and you're never at need or want for food or shelter or clothing or warmth, you know, like. I think that'd be that'd be amazing for everyone to be like that. But I can say that I think there is something about, you know, maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate here, but I, I do. I feel like there's something about not being nurtured and learning to just live on your own. Like, you know, they just, just do it. Like, I know some of my attributes for sure come from me getting to a stage in my life where I was like, well, it's not going to get done unless you do it, Andy. You know, like, you have to do this. Can't depend on anyone. You're going to have to get this done yourself, right? And I think that came from a younger age to a point when, you know, you're in a big family and, you know, mom's working all the time. Pops isn't there. Siblings are out everywhere. There might be a time where I had to eat. I had to learn to make the meal myself, you know? Again, mom always had dinner on the table and stuff like that. But throughout the day, there was times where it was like, yeah, you got to just do this. So I think I learned. I, I grew a lot in, in some of those aspects. Again, I'm blessed to have a, a home filled with love and affection and never worried really about eating or anything like that. But maybe I had to do this myself or I had to put this responsibility on, on my own. I think sometimes that can help as well. But overall, my answer to the question would be hands down, essential for nurturing, ideally positive nurturing leads to more emotional and physical growth. That's what I would say. Yeah, and I think that being well-nurtured like that emotional growth leads to a lot of different things. I mean, I feel like I know some big, strong, tough kids that have grown up in households that may not have been nurturing, but 
like inside they might they're broken because they weren't well nurtured at home so it's like they don't have that that emotional strength they don't have that going on there and then like i feel like that lack of emotional growth or like that lack of emotional nurturing leads to like a serious lack of like spiritual nurturing because i mean i feel like it kind of all goes hand in hand like you're not connected to what's going on with like your thoughts and your emotions and then how are you going to be connected to your higher self if you're not even connected to your inner life in any way whatsoever. So it's like in Baltimore, they, a lot of people, I mean, a lot of people know, but a lot of people still, there's a large population that wonders why the murder rate is so high here. But like, you know what I mean? Like, like I still don't understand how you can expect someone to care about another person's life when they don't give a fuck about their own life. You know what I mean? So it's like when you're not connected to yourself mentally and emotionally, you're definitely not connected to yourself spiritually. So you're not going to have respect for life if you don't even have respect for your own life or know that there's more than just this physical existence. Like you got to be able to connect deeper. And I think once you can, you have someone and it has to be taught, you know what I mean? Like somebody has to teach you that, like you have to learn that it's not just going to happen living in the world that we live in. Like if we grew up in nature, you know what I mean? If you just threw kids out in nature and they just saw like the sunrise and the sunset and the balance and the animals, like you might figure that shit out, but we live in, Baltimore city. We live in a a very materialistic world. We live in a very detached world. We live in a very angry world, a very stressful world. So you're not going to learn that unless somebody teaches you. And, And I think that's something that a lot of the nurture that people are missing out on is, is that connection to your inner life and not just like those lower connections of just your, your thoughts and your emotions, but those higher connections of there's an entire universe inside of you. There's a universe of power and love and all this stuff inside of you, but you don't even know that it's there. And you're suffering on a level that you don't even know that you're suffering on because you're, you're disconnected from your true self. So I think it's just like all that goes hand in hand in, in being well nurtured. I know uh, building off of uh, what you were saying, Ali, it made me, you know, realize, you know, a, a lot of our friends come from various uh, demographics, backgrounds, upbringings and all that type of stuff. But um, I know uh, as I got older and I had the crib on Smallwood where, you know, I barely uh, locked my door. I had like an open door policy. Uh, a lot of things used to get stolen out of my house. And I used to get mad at everybody, uh, curse everybody out, uh, leave with anger and all that type of stuff. But then, you know, reflecting on it, you know, like a lot of my homies that would steal, their parents would steal from them. And, you know, as you're a young kid, you know, they are your behavior shaping institution. They're shaping your behavior. And it really made me kind of analyze it and or come to the understanding that if the people who are uh, supposed to be shaping uh, my buddy's behavior are showing these type of traits where they would steal from their own kids, why would I not think that they would steal from me? And, you know, I would still try to hold people accountable, but I would have some type of empathetic accountability to them but that's definitely shows like the whole nurturing not in a good way but in a in a negative way where you know that you can get upset with people or or you can understand their life experience you can't really live other people's lives or know what they've been through and all that type of stuff so you know i guess if i was going to be as open as i was i needed to understand what that openness would lead to and you know, it, it hasn't shut me down in the way that I try to care for others, but it's definitely made me be, I, I guess, not have as much as an open door policy, I guess, just because I know the nature of 
humanity and you know like Ali was saying the how materialistic and you know survival of self the survival of the fittest that a lot of people have to go through yeah straight up so has there been any moments in your guys's life where you've said quietly in your own head like oh shit i'm doing that thing my mom does or doing that thing my dad does and and realize that their patterns have infiltrated your being or anything that like comes up that you don't like or anything that comes up that you do like that your parents have done around their lives or is there any reoccurring stories or narratives that come up? For instance, my my mom is huge on animals. Like she she just like falls apart in a fluffy pile of like, oh, my God, I love them. And it, it's it's so like weird and gooey. And I do that now. Like. I see an animal, I'm just like, oh my God, like fluff babies. And it's just like this weird thing. And in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, I'm my mom. The coolest thing ever because I fucking love animals and I'm like trying to get cats and like to boop their noses and stuff. But like, is there anything in your lives that like is like that where you're just like, oh, I'm doing that thing my dad or my mom does or whatever? I know for me, you know, the way that I guess my dad was brought up, he was serious, direct had a lot of fire to him. And, you know, that is motivating to some people, but some people it kind of turns them off. And I know when we started our first business for the people entertainment, uh, the way that I tried to, I guess, motivate folks was with that fire. And, you know, people aren't built the same way they were like 20 years ago. They're a lot more sensitive, not in a soft way, but just, you know, more aware of energy that, they would like to be around and that they don't want to be around. And, you know, I know that I messed up a lot of my friendships that we did business with because I was using a lot of that fire to try to motivate people. And, you know, I know like reflecting on it, I know that they, like Ali said, it, it may have made me not ever want to give up. And, you know, if people try to confront me with anger, I laughed at it because, you know, I was like, man, my dad is one of the hardest motherfuckers there is. But did it always motivate me? No, it didn't. You know what I mean? So I guess in becoming an adult, I have tried to uh, limit the fire that I allow to be projected from me. And, you know, I've just tried to figure out different ways to motivate people (laughs) instead of, you know, firing their ass up. Yeah, I've had moments where people talk fiery to me and I just look at them like, what the fuck did you just say? You know, I just give it right back. That that's what I would be getting. I wouldn't be motivating anyone. I would just be getting that sh- they would just shut down and just like I was as a kid, you know. It's a no, you didn't moment. You know you didn't fucked up, right? You know, for me, it was um, the one thing I can think of is is with my mom for sure, and I didn't even notice this until like way later on in life, you know, because she was always so busy, you know. As I even as I like try to scramble through thoughts of her in my life. It was so just like, she got home from work, she cooked, she went to sleep, she went, she left to work, you know, like I didn't, she wasn't there very much, you know, you know, luckily I had tons of other adults in my life or siblings and friends who were able to raise me in certain ways and so on and so forth. But I always would be like, you know, my mom wasn't really in my life like that because she was just working hard, you know? And as I reflect, if anything, I say, that's one of the things that I I definitely got from her is I'm a hard worker, put my nose to the grind and I get it in and. And the thing I think I got the most out of her was she was always doing this out of unconditional love. She just helped people all the time and always put 
and everyone else in front of herself and was just like, I'm just doing this because this is the right thing to do. So I'd say on my mom, for my mom, that's the attribute I get. Now, my dad, he was definitely not in my life, like just wasn't present. But the weirdest thing is when I got older, I found out that his favorite drink was vodka and orange juice. Now, I don't know if this is nurturing because I never saw him drink a vodka OJ, but that was my same favorite drink. So I don't know if it's a genetics thing or a nurturing thing, but I got that one out of my dad. We both like vodka OJ. Well, there you go. I think um, one thing that I see in in my life a lot that I got from, I think from both of my parents, because when they were together, this was the, the, the way that they were. And then even as they got divorced, like this was the way that they were. But like your family's a lot bigger than just the people that you're blood related to and the people that live in your home. Like I know our house when we lived on Smallwood Street was like when when, I, when all four of us were living there, there was like. I don't know. It was like it was like a, it was a home for a lot of different people. Like a lot of people were there all the time. We always had people in our home. We were always like Forrest, going like, like Forrest Gump's mom's house, like Forrest Gump's mom's house. Like there was always somebody there with us. And it was like and they were all family uh, when our parents split up and we were living in, and they were living in different places. But we were with them. I don't remember a lot of times it was just me and Atman as kids. Like it was always like Ellis was always with us or like. There was that summer that Johnny and, and Big B were with always with us. So like, you know what I mean? Like, and they're all family. Like, it's not like they were just our friends that were staying over. They were just non-blood related family. And even with, even to this day with my boys, like they have friends in their lives that are, are more family than they are just homeboys. Like Billy and Daquan, like they're, they're family. Like they go on family vacations with us. Cause that's, that's like their people. And like, I'm always encouraging them to have their friends around, particularly the friends that are real good people. Like, have them around, stay close to them. Like that's going to be your people for the rest of your life. So I think it's just something that, that our parents planted the seed in really early was that like your, your family's a lot bigger than the people that, that just live in your home and that were born into your family. Like it's, 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 it's a big thing and your community can grow. You just kind of keep the good people around. You weed out the ones that, that aren't really on the same type of time you are, but your family can always grow bigger. So keeping it on the topic of families, Ali, as a parent, how have you seen the way in which nurturing your children helps their development to deal with life lessons that they will encounter? And a follow-up kind of is, is there, are there any special things that you do to instill peace of knowledge or wisdom into your children? Uh, that's a great question. Cause I feel like with Asuma and Amar, Asuma and Amar, like my life changed a lot. And there were certain things that I wanted to make sure that I don't know. I, I, w- I wanted to make sure they could succeed in life and not, and, and let it be them and not, have it be me making decisions for them because I feel like in the fuck ups in life is where is where you learn but not letting them fuck up too bad where it's going to mess up their lives you know what I mean like just giving them a certain amount of freedom and autonomy to live life and experience but also but also provide that protection that a dad needs to give their kids I don't know I, I feel like we talk a lot about like what I was talking about earlier about that connection to spirit and trying to move from there with everything they do I feel like they're both very very loving kids to people they meet, to people in their family, to their friends. I feel like they're, they're both very loving and genuine kids. But, but I think that's one of the most important things is, is that. And I also talk to him a lot about mental toughness. I may not use the fatigue brings out the bitch in, in us all like my dad did, but it's still like talking to them about being mentally stronger than the situations that they're in and the trials and tribulations that come in their life because that's what life is about, is about those struggles and, and overcoming those struggles and having resilience. And I think a lot of that does come from, again, just a connection to spirit. I think I think it all it all derives from there. 
So, yeah, I think the spirituality, the toughness, and also having fun. Like, me and my boys have a really good time no matter where we are, what we're doing. And uh, we, we also take the time to carve out to do stuff. Like, I, I want to... I, I want them to to have fun experiences, but I also want them to work hard. But I also don't want them to work so hard they don't know how to have fun. So, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much the wisdom I have for uh, for parents out there. All right. Uh, so you know we we were talking about like nurturing others. Now I, I guess it's a good time to transition to talking about nurturing ourselves. You know, when we think of nurturing, we tend to think of how we or others implant their experiences and lessons onto us, but we tend to forget about how we are able to nurture ourselves, whether it be with food, meditation, family or friends, entertainment, or just well-being. What do y'all have to say about that? Yeah, I mean, when I was thinking about when we read the definition of what nurturing is, it's it's very like outward facing. And I think it's very important, especially in the mindful meditation community is to like have this inward facing kind of nurturing. It's like, you know, we get to troll how we feel or have some control over it. So it's important to us to create good habits that nurture good outcomes, good. We reinforce things that we want to see, like, finding time to read, finding time to sit down and meditate, finding time to get to the work that you need to do and not procrastinating, you know, uh, sitting down and like eating and doing that and not taking time away from other things. Also, like one of the big things is, is understanding your feelings. I feel like that's one of the hugest things we could do is like regulate emotions or maybe not regulate them, but understand why they're showing up and also being skillfully able to talk about it and or understand why they're happening. So you're not just coming off all pissed off all the time and being like, well, fuck that. They did me wrong. Da, 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 da. When it's like, well, maybe you're a jerk and that's why they acted that way. And you're not going to be able to see that through the like, the the fog of frustration that you're having so we need to learn how to be skillful with like how we see things to inwardly reflect on how we nurture ourselves so i do think it's important who we surround ourselves with how our family acts to us what food we eat what information we take in what entertainment we're around we're responsible for that when we come to a certain age so that helps shape our lives yeah, I think you definitely got to take care of and nurture yourself on the outside and on the inside. Like nurture your mind, like you were saying, like reading books or watching a cool documentary or playing a board, whatever is going to stimulate your mind, stimulate your spirit. But I feel like sometimes people neglect the balance between the inner and the outer nurturing. Like some people might go too far with the inner nurturing and forget about like letting loose and having fun. Like go out and have a beer and re- fucking relax. You know what I mean? Like I feel like sometimes people don't have that balance. I feel like you have to nurture all parts of you to be a happy, well-adjusted human being. Like you can't forget about any part of you. Like if you're, if you're too busy on the outside, you're going to forget about the spiritual part of you. And if you're too spiritual, you're going to forget about your, your spiritual person, but you're also, you're like, you're, you're incarnated as a human. You got to enjoy that part of it too. So I think knowing what brings you joy and knowing what brings you happiness and taking the time to do those things, is an important part of, of the entire human experience and being happy. Yeah. I mean, you, you all have touched on a few things already in terms of some unique ways that individuals 
may nurture themselves in their lives, right? You know, David mentioned reading. I think Ali said reading as well. Or I know David does music. Atman loves to walk. I know all of us are big nature people. And Ali was talking about activities with his boys, you know, meditation, social engagement. So I guess, you know, a question to all of us and to our listeners are what are some unique ways that you nurture yourself, like in your own life? And I want to add one before we start getting talking, something I think that been really important, at least more helpful, I guess, to me, especially during this period of time where we've kind of all been almost forced to be recluses, um, is something that I've been doing recently in terms of nurturing my own life is learning to listen to myself. You know, like sometimes I feel like, like back in the day, I, I had a voice inside my head, you know, would say certain things, but I'd always kind of like put it on the back burner. Oh, I'll get to that. Oh, I'll get that. I'm eventually get that done. I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I think some, something for me now that's really been nurturing for myself is when that voice in my head says, hey, I want to do this or, hey, I'm feeling like this. Instead of me thinking, oh, I got work to do. I got I to take care of all this first. And that's just not high priority, Andy. You know, you got to do this first and take care of this. Don't forget this person. You gotta... Now I'm like, you know, if it says I'm supposed to do it, like Ali said, Fucking take a break and have some drinks, you know, like relax every once in a while, you know, like really listening to myself and what my needs are has been a huge part of my self-nurturing for me. Yeah. What's interesting is, I mean, we sort of had a podcast about that, consulting the inner voices, you know? So, I mean, if you're having inner voices, like listen to them, you know? So listening to ourselves is super. And I and I feel like that's part of the the internal nurturing is listening to your internal voice. So- yeah, I mean, some of my unique ways are like, not, I fucking love just getting super smart about stuff. Like, I'm not a math person, but I'll read quantum physics all day. As long as it's not math problems, if it's fractal geometry, sacred sacred shapes of the universe. I just finished a book last night about ancient technologies of like monolithic <laughs> structures and, and just like atomic wars back in the like Bhagavad days and just like some crazy stuff. And it makes me want to go like travel and go see these sites now. So it's really life giving. I love reading about some crazy stuff like that. And like scientific, I like when science meets uh, spirit, that's kind of like my, my zone. I'm about to like grab my skateboard and go to the skate park. Cause I feel like that's an enjoyment I have. So, um, music is definitely one of mine and like nature going in nature. Podcasting is a really fun one. I love, I love just like speaking my mind with like other people and just kind of see what they have to say. And I learn a lot from that. And like what you guys have to say, it makes me dig deeper in my head. So yeah. What do you guys like to do? I know uh, for me, uh, you know, over uh, Andy's shoulder is like, you know, one of the reasons why I think that we all got into yoga, Yogi Bhajan's uh, survival kit. You know, it's a book on a lot of different uh, Kundalini meditation practices where, you know, I remember we were over uh, our teacher's house and it was on his uh, mantle uh, where all of his uh, deities were and, you know, uh, spiritual books. And I opened it up. And I'm like, yo, this shit teaches you how to be a fucking superhero. And we all got copies of the book. And, you know, I may have done one or two practices out of there. And, you know, but I, I think that now I have a little bit more time, especially with this uh, pandemic going on, to be able to dive deep into these practices. And, you know, our teacher 
always told us to not believe shit that he said, but be a scientist. And I know that, you know, having the time to be able to practice some of these things, some of the like the meditation for atomic radiation or, you know, uh, meditation to remove you from dangerous situations and, you know, stuff like that. And being aware of the different tingling sensations in your body. I know that I've been having fun uh, being a scientist with my own body. And I know that's one way, you know, that I have been doing um, a lot of nurturing of myself is with these practices and diving deep into Yogi Bhajan's teachings that he's kept around through his disciples and through his books and stuff like that. Besides that, besides the contemplative practices, I know one of the ways that I nurture myself is being around my friends. And, you know, in, in being with my friends, it's, it's just about us making each other's souls laugh and smile and just keeping it light. And, you know, I know that that is one of the greatest feelings that I have is being around my friends and not forgetting about time, forgetting about space, forgetting about world political events, current events and stuff like that. Just literally being present with my friends and laughing our asses off, maybe about nothing, maybe about something. But, you know, if I am around my friends, we're fucking laughing our asses off. And that is one true way that I definitely nurture myself is being with my friends and laughing. I think so. For me, being out in nature, whether it's camping, hiking deep in the woods or just like at a park in Baltimore, I got to do spend time in nature just to feel balanced. Time with the people I love. I think that's something that, that, that I really enjoy and love spending time doing. Those stuff that you do where you shut your brain off. Um, you know, what I mean, like there's certain things that I do like watching. Um, like, I mean, this is just for me. Like, I like watching action movies, like movies where I don't have to think. It doesn't have to have a great plot. That's a part of way I should like I, I, I nurture myself. Reading, definitely meditation and breath work are a part of that. Um, I've gotten back into to lifting. Uh, like, I, 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 that's very grounding for me. So I think there's a lot of different things and just knowing what I'm in the mood for and what I need need more of. But. I think just knowing what makes me happy and just going towards those things is good for me. Keeps me balanced. Bill Duke, goddammit. Yeah, dude. Shout <laughs> to Bill Duke again. I was curious, when a negative pattern shows up within our lives, uh, what are some things that we do to nurture those out and or to deal with those patterns? Are there ways that we promote a healing, nurturing situation to ourselves to help alleviate or condition ourselves into other ways? And is there any ways that we reinforce positive patterns? So if we notice something happening in our lives that is positive, are, are you like, cool, I'm going to try and ride this out? Like, is there is there like a technique that you use to keep going on the good vibe? No, I was going to say, I mean, I feel like all of us are going to say something similar here, but I guess it depends. But when I think- Keep of- it real, son, keep it real. Whenever anything negative, any negative pattern comes into my life, whether it's something external or internal, I always, I just med- I meditate, you know, it's, it's my go-to in life, you know? So if it's, if it's meditation and mantra that I use, and I know it sounds kind of cliche to say that's like the heal all, but shit for me, that's my go-to, that's my healer, that's my, that's my tussin, that's my, you rub some tussin on it, same thing, I just meditate. I'm good to go. <laughs> Rub some testing on it. Is there a specific meditation you do or is it just sit with the thing and then hopefully something comes out of it that makes you feel better about it? Or do you have like a specific practice on how to deal with things? 
Well, I just, I use a, a specific mantra. So I have two mantras that I use that are like my go-tos. And whenever a negative thing comes into my life, I use one of those mantras more. I use It's a one that removes obstacles. So whenever I think of something negative, I consider that to be an obstacle in my life, you know, whether it's, uh, like I said, external or internal. So I repeat that over and over again until I just get into my state. And I just be. And usually after a session of that, I'm good to go. I do feel like like this question is an important question, but at the same time, when you're asking people who meditate often, that's their answer. It's just like, oh, I just sit and meditate. You know what I mean? People who've been doing it for a long time know the benefit and they know that there's like a lot of like healing properties that come out of it. So it's really easy to just kind of be like, well, I know it works. So I'm just going to do that. I know even being a meditator, I feel like sometimes I need more than that when things are off. You know what I mean? Like it might be talking to someone that I have a lot of love and respect for. You know what I mean? I might need a different perspective. I might just need to um, go out and take a walk in the woods. You know what I mean? Sometimes that's just what it is for me. Or I might just need to, I don't know. There's there's a lot of different things. I feel like sometimes like meditation is always good. I mean, I'm, I'm never going to say that it's a bad thing, but I feel like there's other times where there's other, when other things are, there might be more grounded or more mundane things that are off than my energy. You know what I mean? So it might be something more on this type of vibe that I need to do. It, it wouldn't be going inward and going deep like that. That definitely helps with a lot. But I also think, like I was saying earlier, like we are human, we are manifested as human beings in this experience. So sometimes we have to feed that side of ourselves to keep things balanced when, when the energy's off or when things are off. True. Sometimes I need to call someone as well if I'm going through something and I thought about it a lot and I'm like, like, yo, I don't think this is right. Am I crazy for thinking that? And then I'll call someone and be like, do you think I'm crazy? And they're like, no, you're right. Spot on. And I'm like, fuck yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, fuck them <laughs> or whatever. But yeah, sometimes like getting feedback from other people is really important. Do you call the same person every time? I mean, I don't have many people in my life that are really close to me, but the people that are really close to me are like very important, like family members. So a very tight circle, I would say. I'm with you, David. I feel like a lot of our listeners are probably are too. Like, I don't know how many conversations I've started with. I just have to make sure I'm not crazy, but, and then like go into what happened. Cause like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes you see things totally different than the people that you're interacting with or the way that other people may see things but it seems right to you and you just got to make sure you're not just totally missing the entire thing. But I feel like everybody has those experiences where you got to have that person you check in with just to make sure you're seeing what you're seeing and you're perceiving it and you're interacting with it in the right way. So one thing that's interesting about the way that I'm built is I'm a creature of habit. So if I find a rhythm and it's like a dope rhythm, I will do it. You know, like my screenshots of the numbers or like, you know, I got in a process of taking photos of a tree every day for like three years. But another thing is like my nightly routine of like reading. So that's one way that I try to reinforce positive things is like reading makes me feel intelligent and reading makes me learn things. And also it just makes me feel good. Like after you read a chapter, you're like, fuck yeah. I felt nice, you know, you feel accomplished. So I always feel like that's a nice little reinforcement to like create some, you know, nurturing habits. And especially if you buy or are reading a book that has content in which that helps you understand self and community and, you know, spirit, then you're nurturing yourself in many ways. 
Yeah, when you just said that, David, you know how when you're doing it, you don't really, I guess, know how great it feels until after you finish. That's how I am when I'm reading certain topics or when I'm working out or doing my uh, mat yoga practice. It's like you can get into a rut where you all those things uh, fall by your wayside. But the minute that you jump back into one of those practices, whether it's working out, uh, reading a, a dope ass book or getting back into your practice, like you look in the mirror and be like, man, how the fuck am I not doing this every motherfucking minute, every free chance that I get? And, you know, that is when you know that you are nurturing yourself when, you know, you do ask yourself those questions. Like, you know, like I, I really try to figure out why the hell I don't fit time into my day to do all three of those things that I just said, reading dope ass books, working out and uh, doing my mat practice because I don't think anything in my life, I mean, going out in nature and camping with the fellows is dope too. But, you know, we live in a city, so we can't do that every day. But those three things that I just said are definitely the three most nurturing things that uh, I've been blessed with having great information, learn from a lot of uh, great, my dad, you know, he was into plyometrics and Tom Dean, you know, they, they taught us how to keep our bodies in shape. And, you know, our teacher, Uncle Will, has taught us the best practices. You know, I know it's not, you're not supposed to judge anything, but, you know, I've been around a lot of different yoga teachers and, you know, I know that I don't have to go outside of my house to get one of the dopest spiritual practices, physical practices and all that stuff ever. And I think that's a blessing. I think that's why we want to um, teach and bless other people with the information that we do have. That's right. Yeah. I mean, with that said, I felt like one thing we should keep focusing on is how we nurture ourselves, how we like also look upon how we were nurtured and how we can change or enhance what we've learned. And also notice when you're talking to other people, like you're providing nurturing moments to that. So it's like how we output our nurture to other people. So whatever we're conditioned to and, and used to, it's, you know, like be be careful because what you throw out there is like how people are going to remember you or be impacted by you. So, you know, if you're always like being a soft hearted, spiritually rooted, awesome person, then they're going to get like a good nurturing feeling from you and they're going to like remember that. And that's what you want to be. Ultimately, like people don't want to be jerks. I mean, unless you do and that sucks. <laughs> but yeah. That's what's up. Thanks, y'all, for listening. We love y'all. Yeah, thank you all so much for tuning in. One year uh, anniversary. Boom, boom, boom. One year. Love y'all. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Don't forget to look again. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Thank you for listening to Look Again Podcast. Please feel free to share this content with your friends and community. Also, please consider donating to our Patreon page. You can find us at patreon.com and search for Look Again Podcast. Anything helps and we really appreciate your visit. Thank you so much.